Right, hello and welcome to the Panache Cast. This is Panache Software's legal tech podcast where we talk about all the latest news in legal tech and uh, news and events and, and things like that. Um, if you don't know who I am, uh, I don't know what you've been watching since since we started. It's- they must know. I mean, surely, but maybe they've been watching Love Island or... Uh- of that latest show that they have the uh, the alien show with oh, Stranger uh, Things Stranger Things, things like I that. hear a lot about that yeah that's that's what they watching I mean that would make sense to watch those kinds of shows but um, no 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 this yeah, is if, this is where it, this is this is where it's I at. mean we talked we talked last time about us getting a Netflix show I don't think that's happened yet I haven't um, had a call yet we no. didn't no we haven't had anything from that uh, until that happens I'm going to have to tell you that I am Peter Davis <laughs> uh, and as always I'm accompanied by my co-host Neil Pemberton um, Neil there's been tons of news this week in legal tech and in everything else i mean i don't know what the most important things are we're going to cover this week well we've got loads of news stories and in fact we we probably have to leave some out last week was a bit dry on news because uh i think people were on holiday or something like that so we didn't have all that much and hence the reason why you had to listen to us talking about project management but i suppose probably the biggest news so far is we now have we now know who the new prime minister is and Brilliant we, stuff, isn't it? We've been, yeah, brilliant stuff. We, we've, we've been saying for a while that we've got some guests coming on the show and we've got some exciting news. And we actually have some very exciting news to announce that we actually have the new Prime Minister on the show coming in. And uh, so I'd like to welcome Boris Johnson to the show. Our, our, uh, our new illustrious leader. There he is, um, jo- <laughs> joining us. And um, yes, for all the American viewers, this is the new Prime Minister who will be talking to Donald um, quite on, a lot, on our I behalf. Imagine. Quite, yes. a, quite a bit, yes. They look quite similar, so uh, <laughs> hopefully you'll be able to tell the difference. Yeah, I, I hope they'll be able to tell the difference. And um, yeah, he's got a lot of work ahead of him. Um, more work than most people, I think. Unenviable tasks. Uh, I mean, I, I think I've said to a few other people, I mean, what could possibly go wrong with <laughs> Boris Johnson as Prime Minister? It's Absolutely <laughs> nothing. So let's. I don't think he's got much to say about the show. So we. Um, but he's, but, he's, I mean, he's, he's welcome to... To join us here to help energize us as he yeah. talks he's, he's yeah. constantly on about so yeah. uh, and help us get going with this we nearly had his uh, running mate didn't we uh, jeremy but oh, good, um, good old jeremy hunt yeah he was almost he, here he was almost but, here um, he was viciously attacked by the dog on the way yes in, so. unfortunately and it, it sounds like something that we would make up but no the dog did eat <laughs> jeremy hunt's image so uh, so yes he wasn't here to join yeah. us unfortunately, unfortunately but not. um yeah i mean on behalf of panache software and uh, if you're a European or American listener or viewer and stuff. I mean, we can only apologise for the state of the British political system and mm. and what's about to happen. <laughs> what's, what's <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll yeah. apologise in advance because we've got no idea what's going to happen no. now. But uh, no. it, it could be quite interesting. It'll I be feel. interesting. It'll yes. throw up lots more news stories. Anyway, not news stories that we will necessarily cover. But this was too good not to not to do. Not to cover. Uh, yes, yeah, it's a big we, news story. We, we will see. Yeah. Should we remove it? He's going to have to leave. Yeah, he's a busy, I mean, man, so, he's a busy um, man. Let's let's. let's put I'm him not out sure. The way. I'm not sure people want to look at that all episode, so uh, <laughs> we we'll yeah. get rid of him for the moment. Yeah, but uh, yeah, okay. Well, as you say, we there's there's been quite a lot of stuff happening in the last couple of weeks. It has um, yeah. in the legal industry, there's been a lot of um, primarily acquisitions and things like that of um, and mergers of firms yep. and investment. And, some, uh, oh, and my phone going off on something. That might be Netflix. Do you think, do you, <laughs> just, was that someone from the government calling? Saying, what, <laughs> what were you doing? Could be, could be. <laughs> Talking about them. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, there's been news stories of yep. some quite big organisations merging up. So we're going to talk about that. Um, again, we've had another 
another great article by Mark Mark Cohen yep. um, in Forbes, which we're going to talk about because it, it it goes into a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about previously and covers yeah. a lot of topics that, that he's discussed before. And again, I mean, if he's talking about things that we've talked about before, it must all be absolutely right. So. Exactly. I mean, we're on the cutting edge of this stuff of, of news journalism. So, yeah. Um, yep. yep. Uh, hopefully one day he'll he'll put us in as a source you <laughs> yes. know, rather than just stealing all our ideas <laughs> yeah. but uh no we 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 cover that so yeah i mean should we should we get yeah. going um before we get in, well before we get going let's just mention that of course you can follow us on oh, yeah. uh, youtube and all the podcast platforms uh, everything goes up on there but of of course we've got um one of the better ways is on our Patreon site, so patreon.com slash panache software. Um, that's where everything gets posted up, um, and you can sign up there if you want to support the show. Um, and if you click follow, you'll get an email that notifies you when the show's released. And, um, you know, what better way to start your week than to get an email saying that the new episode of the Panache cast is yeah. available? Yeah, and it's been fairly erratic recently, the upload times of things. So uh, it'd be good to let you know when yeah. things are happening. So, yeah, click on there, follow it, and uh, you'll get notified when the new shows go up. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, let's, let, let's start off with, um, I've put it in the news report, as acquisitions everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, there's two big ones to talk about, um, so we'll cover them in the same in the same um, topic, if you like. So, yeah. Thomson Reuters makes transformational high Q acquisition. Uh, that's one of them, and then uh, Simmons and Simmons acquires legal engineering firm Wavelength. Now, I think probably everybody who watches will have heard of all of those. Um, might not necessarily be a hundred percent familiar with what everybody's doing, so. This is, the, just, this is the current scourge, that, and we've we've seen this on websites before and stuff where you know the names and you go yep. to their website to see what they actually do and come away none the wiser yes. sometimes. But um, uh, we'll hopefully cover some of that now. Yeah, but, uh, and, and unfortunately, some of the quotes aren't particularly um, aren't, aren't particularly detailed in terms of what they're what they're hoping to achieve out of it either. But we'll we'll do our best to piece it together. So let's start with Simmons and Simmons and Wavelength. Um, Wavelength, I think, markets itself, doesn't it, as an engineering firm, um, and they're not a pure legal uh, legal firm in that sense. But nor are they, I think, a pure technology firm. So they're sitting somewhere in between. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I dig that a quick because they 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 term themselves as um, legal engineers, and in fact, Simmons and Simmons in their their article. Um, they talk about the acquisition of legal engineering firm Wavelength. Um, so there may be some questions, okay, what, what exactly is legal engineering? Mm. Um, and one of the quotes I found on legal engineering when I thought, you know, is there anything um, good that, that someone said to, to mention what that actually means? I actually found a quote from Stuart Barr at High Q, um, who is part of the other acquisition we're going to talk about. Um, he wrote a blog post about... Uh, the rise of legal engineering and I think this was in like 2016 so quite a while okay. ago he wrote this um, but I thought it was a good quote for to, to help you understand mm. what the term means um, and they basically list it as uh, this role is the interface between legal experts and technology experts um, so they understand both sides of the equation um, so quite often people in that kind of role on those organizations they either come in from a technology standpoint or they come in from a legal standpoint so sometimes legal engineers are technologists who become familiar with legal processes uh, having developed their legal knowledge after years of working in mm. tech roles at law firms um, so they gain that knowledge of legal process and services over time and that allows them 
to then, and I'm assuming a big part of Wavelength's business is to go into firms and look at the processes that they yeah. already exist, detail how they can, how you can streamline those processes, where you can make changes, mm-hmm. and also where you can implement technology yeah. and bring in those things to help with that process. Yeah. Um, so that seems to be the legal engineers bridge the gap between the technology side and the legal process side. Yeah, and that sort of hybrid or melding of expertise is useful, I think, because I mean, you and I, from our own experiences, have come across that, haven't we, where I might say to you, I've got this problem and I think I could do it this way or that way. And, and you might say, well, have you thought about doing this? Because this bit of technology is, is exists, which I, I may not have known anything about and, yeah. and vice versa, I'm sure. Or at least I'd like to think I've, I've taught you a thing or two over the years. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, so that's yes, uh, I think a couple of bits couple of pieces. Of, yeah, yeah, at least one This thing. law stuff is pretty easy, though. <laughs> <laughs> the techie side's difficult. The law's oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Law's simple. Um, anyway, the, 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 the sort of the, the amalgamation of those two bits of expertise and somewhere in between, it's not surprising, really, that there is a... I don't want to call them a consultancy in case that's doing down what they are doing, but that's, that's essentially... An, a, a role that they are playing and and if you look at their website uh, for as long as it remains up um, they have some case study examples on there for um, one of their customers where they've obviously gone to somebody fairly senior in the legal team and said what problems are you having and and in this in-house uh, I think it was a general counsel was saying well look you know we're struggling sometimes with other parts of the business sending us instructions by email or phone and so instructions are coming in in different ways sometimes they don't even need legal input um, and it was just a bit messy by the sounds of things. So they've yeah. sat, listened, done several interviews, rewritten the process, and they've now have a sort of onboarding, an automated onboarding process of legal instructions, and everything can flow neatly from that. And so obviously Simmons and Simmons are seeing this as valuable expertise that they can use <coughs> with their customers. And in fact, the quote from uh, Jeremy Hoyland, who's the managing partner at Simmons and Simmons, says this is an exciting opportunity for the firm and one that will give our clients a clear advantage. So he's obviously thinking this is useful. You know, this acquisition is great for us, but actually useful for our customers as well. So yeah, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? And 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 you think I wonder. He he talks about his their clients, um, but you would assume that wavelength are more geared towards. Um, talking to legal firms mm. and Simmons and Simmons clients aren't going to be legal firms. Um, no. S- but I'm, I'm imagining that Wavelength's ex- expertise bridges yep. more than just the legal industry. Um, but I also wonder if, as I said, we've got an article later on um, by Mark Cohen about collaboration in the mm. legal industry and um, maybe they're looking at something like that as well. Maybe Simmons and Simmons are looking to push their um, services out to other legal firms uh, yeah may, may and be. collaborate with them maybe I mean just look at what um, the wavelength side of that has said in terms of um, yeah the, it says that the potential to deploy data science technology and design to reimagine the delivery of legal services is huge that element of things suggests it's, it's customer focus but but you're right I mean the data and whatnot be, will transfer from one firm to another as you go through both litigation and transactional um, uh, transactional files. It's a transfer of information from one organization to another um, through the lawyers. And it strikes me that if they are going to hit this collaboration idea, which Mark talks about, uh, that is a good acquisition for them. And presumably the, the guys at Wavelength have existing customers 
or had existing customers at other law firms and then they can work in a more collaborative way. I don't know whether that was Sims and Sims' primary purpose for the acquisition or not, but I'd be yeah. interested to see whether that is something they're thinking about because, you know, a transaction only goes as fast as the slowest piece. So if they can help other firms move their transactions faster, then that's good for them. They'll get paid faster. Yeah, definitely. And and these the Simmons and Simmons acquisition seems on the surface of it because you know, Wavelength are a, uh, would seem to be more of a services organization. Mm. Um, that seems like potentially a good match there of, of Simmons and Simmons being able to deliver a new service to people. Um, yep. The the Thomson Reuters acquisition of HiQ, uh, in honesty, I would, I'm a little more nervous about, <laughs> okay. um, but uh, that's having come from a software development background and having come from companies that have had similar mergers where yeah. um, your company has bought out another one or vice versa and and um, suddenly two software companies become one mm-hmm. um, and are looking to then integrate their products and things like that. Um, and personally, from my own experience, that's never worked out brilliantly well in the long term. Um, but sure. but yeah, let's 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 have a talk about that. So Thomson Reuters um, have acquired HiQ, and uh, one of the quotes from their things: Thomson Reuters has snapped up legal software provider HiQ, making good on plans to bolster its cloud-based software products after selling its legal managed services arms Pangea to Ernest Young. Now that's something we covered in a few episodes ago, yeah. um, where obviously Thomson Reuters got quite a big injection of capital when they sold yep. off this this services arm so they've always been looking to make some acquisitions i think part um, of their plan yeah yeah and um lucinda case who is the managing director um said you know this deal is huge and transformational for us mm. um now from uh, i think there's another coach from jim leeson uh, who's thompson reuters customer proposition lead um said the team would be taking its time to integrate HiQ. Uh, and said, our customers face an explosion of legal technology. Buying HiQ gives us a foundational platform to integrate our own productivity tools with. Um, so this is this is where the difficulty comes with these kind of mergers. I mean, yeah. HiQ, obviously not of the same size or scale as Thomson Reuters, but have a substantial software offering, Yeah. Um, the, which, although... Into, allows for integration is a different product yeah it's going to take a substantial amount of time to integrate that um with um the thomson reuters products Mm. there is already some integration there um Mm. i think there's some already some integration between contract express and high q um moving data about yeah so they've done some of it but what you're expecting as a customer now is for these product suites to become fully integrated where you can't see the seams in them and from my experience that takes a lot of time and often doesn't ever happen fully a lot of time in today's market is uh, about a week right so they'll be done done in a fortnight fortnight or so so by the next the next Next podcast fully integrated fully integrated solution Yeah. yeah i i i know what you mean i think i have some similar reservations and 
Haiku, for those who don't know, it says here it's a file sharing and collaboration platform. I think Thomson Reuters already had their own sort of case management solution, and I don't think that was necessarily brilliantly in- integrated with other products that they have, like um, they have, I think they have Westlaw, if I'm not mistaken, which is your sort of statute statute book and cases uh, of updates, and that doesn't integrate brilliantly, although it's getting better with PLC, which is the practical law company. Uh, practical law company has its own fast draft i don't think that that may be using um, contract express but i don't think it 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 doesn't work brilliantly together um there's a lot of work for them to do already i'm sure there's integration people at thompson reuters who've got more uh, more on their plate than they can handle and they're about to get some more again so um i mean i'm from a you know from a developer standpoint and a technology standpoint i'm sure that both companies have got big enough teams that are up to the task yeah it's going to be the commercial pressures yeah that that cause the problems in this um because it's not a easy thing to integrate this stuff and it's not something that often reaps massive rewards either mm. um so Although at the moment it's stated as a priority, I wonder how much of a priority it will be. Yeah, I think you made the point earlier, didn't you? I mean, okay, they, they talk in this article about how many clients and customers HiQ has. It says this is. I thought this was interesting. It founded in 2001, and yet it was part of Allen and Overy's Fuse incubator. I mean, how can you be? How can you be? You know, 18 years old and then still going into an incubator, but but already boasting, as it says, more than 400 customers. Anyway, I, I, I don't know, but so yeah. it says, including nearly half of the global 100 law firms. So, you know, they already have a huge customer base. So maybe it's about Thomson Reuters acquiring additional customers and then potentially upselling whatever yeah. else they have. Um, but we'll see. But for anyone who's at High Q or Thomson Reuters and dealing with the integration side of things and is thinking about next steps for themselves, then you know. Can come and get in touch with us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And also, you know, it it will be interesting to see what happens with these things mm. and see where this does actually lead. It's, yeah. Um, uh, the suggestion was that, uh, and I think I read it in one of the one of the postings that they were going to um, leave things alone for sort of eighteen months or so because HiQ had quite a big milestone yeah. delivery coming up. Um, so they were going to focus their efforts on that before they made any fundamental changes anywhere um again from experience and stuff you know around a year or so those changes are probably going to come suddenly thompson Mm. reuters have sort of twice as many developers and and decide do they need that many same with all the other staff and things so it's although from a corporate standpoint these things are are fantastic news Mm. um from an employee standpoint it's obviously it's not normally as as great in use mm. for you um but let's see let's see how it how, how yeah. it go it's certainly it's certainly a big acquisition yeah um well to start with and they have got some collaborating to themselves haven't they so um i think we'll, we'll we'll leave that story and see what happens and then maybe move on to the other collaboration story which we have which is um mark mark cohen's article in uh, I think it's Forbes again, yeah. and um, 
there's just so much good stuff in this that you, know, you and I have, have read it separately and highlighted a lot of the same things, and then we've highlighted different things. So, so yeah, so this this will this will be required we reading <laughs> yeah. this week. Um, so we'll go over to the forums. We we put the uh, we put the link up there. Go and have a look at this and then read through this article because it's really good stuff. Yeah, um, you know, it's only it's only it's only five, five pages long, and um, I think so. It'll take you know it won't take. 10 minutes to read or so um and there's so much in there that you know we can't cover all of it but um let's just read a few quotes out um that we've picked out both of us so collaboration is essential for competitiveness which often doesn't really ring true doesn't it you often think that the opposite but yeah organizations that collaborate internally with others in the supply chain and most especially with clients are far more likely to succeed than those that do not I guess maybe an example of that we'll see we'll, we'll see how that works out as far as wavelength and um Simmons yeah. and Simmons go because they weren't exactly competitors um and they are in the same industry but at different stages of the supply chain um Law's innovation mania focuses more on the search for a tech silver bullet than scalable business models that respond to unmet consumer needs and expectations why not fine tune existing delivery models um, I particularly like that because we've talked before about trying to find the silver bullet. I think, in fact, you've said those exact words um, and easier said than done. I think. Yeah. And this is this this is where we looked at the various incubators and accelerators mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing uh, and and the products that are coming on to the legal tech marketplace that solve a very small part of a of a big problem. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we talked last week about um, exigence, exigence mm-hmm. uh, investment. You know, they're they're looking to fund new startups and things like that. And they, yeah. in that article, I think it's David Holm, wasn't it? it? Was. Who, who was who was saying he sees a lot of the investment as just money being thrown at the wall yeah. so far in legal tech. Um, and this goes on to the same thing where people seem to be searching for that silver bullet of just looking at the tech thinking where can we use this yeah. here's a use case for it let's put a product in there and see if that reaps us loads of rewards and yeah. and loads of business from it um rather than looking at things on a grander scale yeah and invariably that doesn't work does it because you look at the buzz stuff and the buzz is ai and blockchain and virtual augmented reality and things like that and and those are all wonderful but that they aren't necessarily where the problems lie or at least those solutions aren't necessarily going to fix the, the real problems that people have and and step one Ash, i think we talked about in a previous show where we were talking about um probably i think the introductory introductory session on project management where we talked about what mark laster had said which was to look at what problems you have first look at how the job is done and think about things more holistically than trying to just slap a solution onto a problem that you have yeah um, it's looking at things much more holistically, and and I want to say on this thing, you know, you know, Mark is talking about collaboration here, and when it comes to these legal tech collaboration, one of the things we see as well is that all of the legal firms seem to, or a lot of the big legal firms mm. seem to be going for their own accelerators, you know, looking at their own products. I mean, is it not time for some of these big firms to join together mm. and? You know, I can imagine if you had several of the the, the top Magic Circle firms and stuff, mm. if they launched their own incubator or own accelerator as one, yeah. um, for me, that would make more sense. You've then got um, 
a, a new startup working with multiple firms and those yeah. firms collaborating on those products rather than just tailoring something for their own needs, which is what you tend to get. Yeah, indeed. And, and I suppose birds of a feather will, will flock together and the large firms are probably coming across each other all the time on, on transactions. Um, you know, yeah. you, you, you know, they will not come across the, the smaller high street firms doing wills and conveyancing and probate. But, um, but generally speaking, you know, working with, with a particular cohort of people who are on opposite sides of each other all the time and then working together on, on a single solution has got to be a better a better um, move than creating your own your own tool yeah. especially if other people aren't going to be using that tool or aren't going to be reaping the benefits of it you're only only looking at one half of the equation no matter how good that tool is if your customer doesn't use it or if other solicitors aren't using it yeah it, you're really not maximizing its its potential so um do you want to pick out some more stuff like yeah so um i think uh, one of the interesting quotes that he makes in there as well is is that, uh, and especially in private practice and things, um, the yardsticks for success are generally hours billed and revenue originated, um, not achieving rapid, efficient, creative solutions to client challenges. Yeah. So, you know, he's saying that, you know, the top lawyers in firms and the, the goal of most lawyers in a firm is to generate revenue, mm. get your hours billed in, that's how you rise up through the ranks and mm. that's how you, you, you make a name for yourself rather than bringing about change within yeah. the organisation. Um, and I think that's that's somewhere that where we feel might be changing. Slowly um, and surely. Uh, I mean, we had a quick look at Roll on Friday before we before we went on, I came on live. And, then, and I was a little surprised that the firms that were not necessarily, or at least didn't have chargeable hours targets on their page. Um, but nonetheless, if you go to Roll on Friday or any other, you know, the lawyer or whatever, you'll find publications of what the chargeable hours targets are for firms. And you know, do a chargeable hour is not really. I mean, that that's how you're that's how you're monitoring the amount of effort and time and resource that goes into doing a particular transaction. But it isn't really how people are billing anymore. We've talked about that plenty of times in the past. It's not how the customers particularly want to be billed, and so it doesn't <coughs> seem to me to make much sense in assessing people's performance in that way. Um, particularly as the delivery and we'll we've we've seen it in other articles we may come on to it later but um you know the delivery of legal services in it is in itself its own it, it's becoming its own sphere isn't it? its own market if you like yeah managed legal services and that's the delivery of an outcome it isn't necessarily about the advice as you go along it's a different type of product um and and monitoring people's progress and, and performance in terms of just hours is is really not with keeping with, with with the current trends no um, and and one of the things he mentioned on the, this this comes about and and he said um you know that lawyers have been accustomed to calling the shots because they enjoyed a monopoly on the one thing they sold and that they alone possessed legal expertise mm. um we've seen in recent months that's no longer the case with these big accountancy firms now yeah. providing legal services um you know, it's not just the lawyers anymore that have this knowledge and have this expertise. Yeah. People are encroaching on that now. Indeed. And also the customers are much smarter than they used to be. And they don't necessarily just see what the lawyer says is golden anymore. Another phrase in here that says lawyers have grown accustomed to lecturing instead of listening. Well, none of our listeners will do that because, you know, we, we no. said quite clearly last week. Exactly. 
part of the project management tool is scoping the job and you can't do that if you don't ask loads of questions so, yeah, so go back to your notes for last week and uh, <laughs> yes. we will be testing you yes. <laughs> well, absolutely there's a test before you can have any of the information for yeah. sure uh, they seldom ask what the client's objectives are and more often than not pitch what they sell rather than listen to the prospective clients or customers problem and offer a pathway to its solution um, well, that's exactly what we talked about last week, isn't it? It's 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 really listening and providing tailored advice. Uh, that will be you know, the advisory part of the business will, I'm sure, become quite distinct from the delivery part of the business as, as yeah. things go on. Yeah, and the, and along with that, he said uh, one of the other quotes he has in there in here is that um, clients, not lawyers, now call the shots. Clients now determine whether, when, from what model. And at what price lawyers are required. Mm. Um, so, as you say, the, the clients are becoming smarter now. They're deciding when they need the legal services. They're not just letting the lawyers and the, the legal firms drive that for yeah. them. Yeah. Um, they're actually looking for it themselves. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's it's interesting and the customers are yeah yeah they're getting much more switched on they they know what they want they know when they need it you look at that um wavelength example the case study of that is a customer of legal services but even internally they you know the in-house legal team is treating themselves somewhat differently to the to their own internal customers but they've found a way to improve their their offering by you know working with their internal customers yeah. and now you know with the Simmons and Simmons acquisition they will probably find it easier still when they have to instruct external counsel. So, yeah, it's about finding better ways of working together externally with people outside of the organization, internally within the organization. It's it, it's a very, very different, um, it's just a different environment and, and you can feel uh, some big changes, big changes coming. Yeah, I mean, I know in the discussions of how, how you've been dealing with customers and stuff yourself that things there are changes coming and people yeah. are, you know, the organizations are now engaging with lawyers in different ways now and requiring yeah. different things. Yeah, it's it's different billing systems, it's different timing expectations. You know, they want you to be more a member of their own team rather than an external you know, legal advisor. Um, it, it, it's just a very, very different market. And um, you know, there are exciting times ahead on that. Um I found this bit quite interesting. We haven't put this down specifically for quoting in the notes, but this whole movement in Singapore, Singapore Academy of Law, launching a series of initiatives designed to apply the nation's state digital focus to the legal function. And there's lots of stuff in there about how Singapore is doing it. So I'd recommend to anybody to read that section of, of things. Yeah. Um, but moving a little bit on from that... Um, Mark then talks about this idea of the global legal community being fashioned by social media, the prolific proliferation of tech-enabled new legal providers and a handful of new age gatherings. More of a Woodstock than a traditional vendor-centric uh, law conferences. You still sadly have a lot of the old traditional law conferences which are you know, expensive to attend and they're very salesy and whatnot. But the new stuff, like we've talked about before, We've talked about the Legal Global Hackathon. I think that was episode one. Yeah. We've mentioned Legal Geek. I think that was episode one. We always um, mention Legal Geek. It's well, <laughs> we have to. I mean, it's a big, it's a big thing here, it is, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, and they do such good stuff. It's, uh, exactly. it's I, I, hard to ignore. And I've not heard of the World Legal Summit, so we'll have to look at that. But he says there are standout examples of the global legal community and what they're building, which is fostering collaboration and not selling, reimagining the legal conferences and expanding their parameters beyond lawyers, vendors, and self-promotion. 
there's one obvious exception and missing thing missing from that list that Mark's put, and that's, definitely that's the Panache cast. I mean, yeah, exactly. Mark, where's the mention of the podcast? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is the second mention we've made of you, Mark. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I know no. the stuff you do is really good, but uh, yeah, uh, this is just a big omission. Yeah, it's a, it's a big omission for us not to be in that list, but. But it's right, because you and I have talked about this a lot in the yeah. past, and everything that we're doing is not designed to, to sell what we're doing. It's just to talk about what the industry is doing, how it's changing, how it's evolving, what's possible, quick wins, you know, and, and, and yeah. it, it you can just feel the community spirit amongst it. And we mentioned Legal Geek a lot, and because if you go along, you'll very quickly understand what that's all about. Yeah, I mean, they, they've showed that with their recent uh, event in New York and stuff, where they've, you know, they've branched out to america for the first time mm. um you know they bring so many people together from all different parts of the industry yeah put them in the same room together um there's talks which cross the boundaries of technology and legal process yeah. and yeah. and and everything yeah. like that so it just brings everyone together to, to it, work on these things it does yeah and going and going to those things is brilliant. And um, you and I, the first year that we went, we were, we got talking to some people who who were interested in what we were doing and whether they could work with us. And it wasn't quite the right fit for us, but they were very much more in the delivery of legal services, and they didn't necessarily have the technology behind it. Um, and as I say, it wasn't quite right for us. But nonetheless, th- there was an opportunity there almost without any effort whatsoever we got chatting to, to to the guy who was running that organization and i think most people if they've not been to something like legal geek or, or one of the others um if they go along they'll find very quickly and easily that there are opportunities out there to work with others and, and most people are quite receptive to it yeah so it's one of those things where you you don't want the collaboration to be companies buying other companies mm. is how they increase their service offering and how they work with others you want these organizations to just work with each other. Yeah. Um, you know, the the legal landscape is changing and there's yeah. new threats coming in from outside encroaching mm. on the business. Um, these law firms shouldn't be concerned with banding together and building solutions and looking at new processes mm. as a whole rather than just going it on their own and, and trying to push their own agendas onto everyone else. Yeah. There must be a better way of doing that. And I think that's what Mark is, is, is hinting at here in that, you know, collaboration is the key for, way forward in this. Yeah, um, definitely. And, and so, and as you, as, as you said, as you said previously, you know, it's one of the things we're a legal tech startup. We don't have any fear of talking about other legal tech startups because, no. you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you want the whole thing to progress together and yeah. get better together. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, the news that we've got coming out is all about collaboration as well. And again, it's still a bit early for us to be going into the detail of it. But I think people, when they see it, will realize that, yeah, actually, that's a that's a different way of doing it. And and it is very collaborative. And, and we, you know, we're here to invite people to help us along the way. And likewise, you know, if we can work with others, then that that's great. And let's be honest, if, if Microsoft and Apple can work together, then anyone can do it right so yeah i mean i mean you do see that that kind of collaboration happening i mean um you know microsoft have for a long term long time built their own products their internet explorer browser um that moved to their edge browser they were very keen of building it all themselves even they have now moved to using what is effectively the the google chrome framework Mm for their new edge browser they've realized that 
going it alone and trying to do your own thing isn't always the best solution. If yeah. someone else is doing something that is is just as good as better or better mm-hmm. and is more widely used, why not take advantage of that? Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of um, companies like tech companies like that who are now joining together on certain projects and things like mm. that. Yeah. Um, and that's what we want to see in the legal industry as well. We do. And I mean, I don't know, you, you don't see a massive amount, do you, at the smaller end of people you know, um, working together and, and I, I guess that's because everybody's on their own mission and it's quite difficult to actually yeah. find the time to do it. But yeah, we do want to see that, I think, because there's loads of really great new stuff out there. It's difficult for any one organization to manage every type of technology that's available and to cater for all the problems that there are that need solving and there are loads of problems that need solving um so it would be good to see more of the startups working together and um yeah the legal geek is one way of doing that you've got the startup map and there's loads of loads of people on that and um hopefully many of them will have a chance to work together yeah and maybe uh, maybe some of this collaboration will be you know will come from outside entities we've um the event we're going to talk about um later is Mm. one from the hm land registry yeah you know their digital street initiative is where they as an outside organization have gone out and asked for input from other organizations from the existing legal organizations um getting them to work together for a common goal so maybe some of these collaboration projects will i i don't want to say be forced on the legal firms Mm. but will will become from outside sources yeah and even um, and even the land registry not 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 just with the startups on the legal side they're working with they're part of the geo6 the aren't GO6 they? So they're working stuff, yeah. they're working with the other um quasi governmental organizations to yeah. you know to share the data more appropriately and, and um, improve their own service so you know collaboration seems to be the answer for them um yeah so i think mark's got that one absolutely yeah right. and, and you know he says in conclusion collaboration is an essential success ingredient for legal professionals and organizations in the emerging global legal marketplace Mm. technology platforms that provide data and access to global resources will accelerate change in the buy sell dynamic you know the industry is changing and the way these things are, are changing so you have to to meet those things and and the more the technology embraces this kind of collaboration as well um that's only a good thing um and as you say it's one of the things that you know we're working towards with what we're doing with uh, our platform that we're building Mm. um is to make that as open as we can um to allow that kind of collaboration to happen yeah definitely Um, because you know it's difficult going it alone so very difficult who yeah, has the time? Exactly. So cover let's, it all. Let's, let's let's get others involved. Um, so yeah, should we? Uh, if we just, I just want to mention that um, the digital street thing as as mm. we picked up on it. Then there's um, another. Uh, there's a webinar that they've got on uh, Thursday, the eighth of August. Um, there's a link that we'll have in the description where you can go and register for that webinar. Um, it's a digital street tokenization showcase. Um, sounds blockchain to me sounds blockchain you reckon <laughs> well um yeah well let me their their description of it is uh, over the past three months we have been working with members of the digital street community 
So there we say mm. collaboration. Yep. It's straight there. Uh, to understand the opportunities and challenges relating to the tokenization of land and property. We believe that in the future, citizens will want to be able to request a digital token representing their property ownership. During this session, we're going to be showcasing our learnings and demonstrating the prototype that we have been working on to explore this concept. Um, so we've okay. pulled, pulled out a couple of blog posts previously where they've talked about how they've taken a existing transaction that's happened and showed yep. how it could be done using blockchain and yep. things like that. Um, and it looks like that's what they're going to focus on and demoing that kind of thing. So again, interesting stuff from from the land registry and how they're going to be using blockchain and, and things yeah, like that. Yeah, absolutely. So anybody who is thinking of convincing solutions or whatever, land registry is obviously... Well, you could say it's the most, the, most, the most important part of the transaction. They're pushing ahead with digitization. Yeah. Tokenization as well. So 8th of August, did you say? Yeah, Thursday, the 8th of August, that webinar, the links will be in the notes after after the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and so we've covered for the past couple of episodes, we've had uh, two sessions on legal project management. I think yeah. we've covered... Scoping, where yeah, we've covered scoping in, in a lot of detail. We had a sort of a general, a gentle introduction to it for yep. people who are a bit scared and who aren't doing it and who don't necessarily have the resource. And so we've set out at least our thoughts on it and how you might go about starting that process. That was episode twelve. Oh, yep. Uh, and then last episode thirteen, we talked more, much more detail about the scoping and setting out what we did it in the context of a convincing transaction. Um, and, and a purchase and we've said about you know breaking the job down into its component parts and setting out literally every step that you will go through in order to get a transaction from start to finish including the stuff which might appear to be outside of the work itself so that's the client onboarding and then the post post completion yep. reviews and so on because um, it's all ultimately time that you take on your on your transactions and especially if you're keen on delivering a good service you've got to go back and review the service that you've given and make sure that you're continually improving on that um so having set the backbone to that then when next time what we'll look at is pricing and how you go through and each item or groups of items and setting out different prices and how you might price things a bit differently whether it's recording time to each you to each element of the job or group of elements or whether you don't bother with time recording at all. Yep. Um, we'll talk about that in a bit more detail next time. Yep. Um, we're going to be putting up some materials on this as yep. well. Um, you've been documenting stuff we've gone through, so um, we'll let you know once that's available and where you can get that from, um, and that'll allow you to um, have a look at this stuff offline. Mm. Um, it'll allow you to prepare better for the tests we'll be setting everyone uh, <laughs> at the end of the sessions yeah, that's right. when, when we, uh, just to make sure you have been studying all this Pay stuff attention. that we're paying yeah. attention to the podcast. Um, yeah, so we'll let you know how when that's available and where you can get all that from. Um, as I say, check out the Patreon, so patreon.com slash panache software. That'll probably be one of the first places where we'll provide the links for that, that oh, kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll be continuing that in, in the next week or so as well. Yeah, we'll have a couple of episodes on that and uh, we'll see how far we can take it and hopefully give as much useful information to people out there as we can. Great. Okay. okay. Well, we'll uh, should we end it there then we'll for, it there. The, for the moment? Yeah. There's a, a lot of stuff's been happening. Um, some of the stuff we haven't covered this week, which we could have done, so we might pick up some other yep. things next week um, that we've missed off. Um, but yeah, until... I, I keep saying sense. next week, but we it's not we'll going to be next eventually. week. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll get there. Get there eventually. So in a couple of weeks, we'll we'll yeah. we'll see you again. Till then, Great. bye bye. <laughs>